Today's episode of The Rewatchables on the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by Sling TV. Millions of people have cut the cord and started slinging because slinging is about freedom. There's no long-term contract. Customize your channel lineup. Change it from one month to the next. Catch the latest shows, live sports, and hit movies, including today's rewatchable Pretty Woman. Starting at just 25 bucks a month, open your relationship with TV. Start slinging. Go to sling.com slash rewatchables. They have a special offer for our listeners. 14 days free when you enter the promo code RINGER. That's sling.com slash rewatchables. Promo code RINGER. Offer available to new customers only. Availability may vary by location. Other restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by Collection by Michael Strahan. Available exclusively at JCPenney. Collection by Michael Strahan makes it easy to look good and feel your best no matter the occasion. The collection includes... Suit separates, sport coats, dress shirts, neckwear, belts, accessories, basics, denim, luggage, shoes, big and tall, boy sizes too. What would the Vivian collection be? Would you guys buy it? Sure. New Vivian or old Vivian? Old Vivian. <laughs> okay. 1990 Vivian? Wow. No, okay. Wouldn't buy it. All right. Collection by Michael Strahan is available exclusively at JCPenney. Visit a store near you or go to jcp.com. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com, the world's greatest website. What's on the website this weekend, Amanda? Anything I believe good? there's a lot of things about basketball. Great. And also a lot of things about the film Us. Go see Us oh. and then read the content. Awesome. And then listen to the big picture. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Dear. Oh, yeah. The big picture? Yeah. Bachelor party? No, it's yeah, gone away. We're still going. Okay. Mo- post-morteming. Well, coming up, Pretty Woman. People put you down enough, you start to believe it. Pretty Woman is coming up next. Could you tell me how to get to Beverly Hills? Sure. For five bucks. You can't charge me for directions. I can do anything I want to, baby. I am lost. All right, okay. You have change for 20? For 20, I'll show you person. Touchstone Pictures presents the story of a date. This isn't a date, it's business. That led to a deal. I have a business proposition for you. Everything was going their way. Well done! Well done! Walk, walk, walk! Until... I don't want you to go. You hurt me. Yes. Touchstone Pictures presents Richard Gere. So what happened after? He climbed up the tower and rescued her. Julia Roberts. She rescues him right back. Pretty Woman. Julia Littman is here. Hi. I haven't seen her smiling like this in some time. There's just a glow. (laughs) There's a glow to you right now. It's a great film. Amanda Dobbins is here as well. We're about to tackle Pretty Woman. Which is might be the best movie of all time. <laughs> it's in the conversation. At it's least. really there's an hour stretch where it's just really satisfying and fantastic every single moment. It makes you feel really hopeful about life, and yet it's about a prostitute who's in a probably bad relationship <laughs> with a far too stony Richard Gere. But I don't care. I love this movie. You think far far too stony for Richard Gere? We were talking about this earlier. When I rewatched last night, I realized how much more handsome I find Richard Gere as an adult. Yeah. I think when I first saw this, he just looked like a dad, and he is a little reserved, and that that didn't really speak to my idea of what the. Uh, the knight in shining armor sure. should be. And uh, now I'm on the other side of 30 and he's looking pretty good. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Came around. <laughs> uh, first topic. Did Pretty Woman, 1990, and When Harry Met Sally, 1989, did this launch the rom-com era, those two movies? What was before those two? Juliet, our rom-com historian. Um, there were some other earlier, like Nora Ephron written movies, but 
the rom-com era as we know it did begin with When Harry Met Sally in 89. I guess Annie Hall was before that. That's kind no, of that's a lot of people. Yeah, we're, we're not counting that now. A lot of, a lot of people do. Oh, man, it's crossing that up. <laughs> nope. <that's, laughs> well, I mean, first of all, just in terms of kind of like neat eras, yeah. we should just embrace that it starts in 89 yeah. with When Harry Met Sally soon after Pretty Woman. It's certainly the modern rom-com era. We were giving Craig, our producer, a history of like 30s and 40s rom-coms. Yeah. yeah. Um, which definitely exist and are great. But yeah. But sure, nineteen eighty nine. Yes, I also think the uh, Lucille Ball of it all is also very interesting as a as a precursor to this as another great redhead, and she sort of I think this Julia Roberts character really takes a lot from her type of on on screen presence. Well, they they call her out. Yeah, she's watching. Right. I love yeah, Lucy. Yeah, in the beginning, yeah. and it is like a really nice. Um, I think of a nice metaphor of kind of where this character came from and how she like grew out of the kind of the, the TV characters like like um, Carol Channing. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, Lucille Ball and, and like those are and sort of weirdly TV is more of a precursor for the Vivian character than movies which is interesting it's I, I would say it launched the modern rom-com era. Yeah. yes so it launches 30 years of people basically doing variations of this movie and what's interesting is usually when that happens the movie starts to feel old or dated or the, you know eh, people do better versions of it not the case here no, no. this no. still might be the best one it's really I know good. you love When Harry Met Sally. I think the the Julia Roberts performance in this is the best ever in a rom-com, in my opinion. Yeah. She's just out of control. Yeah. I think that it might be the best breakthrough performance in history on film. Yeah. It's amazing. You watch a star happening in real time. There's one other example. Okay, what is it? Sylvester Stallone and Rocky. Okay, mm-hmm. well, for me, Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman yeah. is the greatest but it's really star-making the, history. Yeah. If you're talking last 50 years, that's the only other time somebody we really had no background mm-hmm. with at all just becomes an A-plus list star in the course of a movie. Right, and you can see it happening on the screen. Her presence, her charisma, it's just... The movie does not work without her. We will talk about some of the interesting aspects um, of this film. Career, it's <laughs> the best the, casting what ifs yeah, we've and, ever had. Right. But she just, she is so electric on screen that she just carries you up above all the questions about uh, the the politics or the what ifs of this movie. It's just transcendent. And also to your point, I think part of the reason that this is the start of the modern rom-com era is that then Julia Roberts just does rom-coms for yeah. A decade and is in many no, she of fought the it off for a couple ones. years there. That's true. We she was like, Don't pigeonhole me. And then yeah. she yeah. rallied then back and was like, it. You know what? This is what you want from right. me. Yeah, at the end of the decade, she really like comes back around with a couple of detours that she probably regrets. Yes. I've never in my life been more in love with somebody after seeing a movie than her in this movie. And I was on a date with my girlfriend from college. <laughs> And I would have just walked away and never looked back if Julie Roberts had just pointed at me and said, come, let's go. It was all time head over heels. I agree with that. She was so fetching and awesome and great in this movie. I was just like, I love this person. Yeah. Also, her physical performance is really amazing. And they put her in the position. Like when when he walks into the hotel suite Mm -hmm. and she's naked wearing his tie and has her legs up on the table, she switches from being like gangly and awkward to really hot and seductive so quickly. And that's a really hard thing to do. And it's it's, it's really impressive. She's a a better physical actress than I recalled because she doesn't really do that as much anymore. I agree with that. So I have a little history with her heading into this movie when I'm— probably 20 or 21 whenever I saw it because she was in Mystic Pizza. Yes. And she was really adorable in Mystic Pizza and it was one of those who's that but she was also in 
What was the music movie she was in where she met Liam Neeson? Was it Satisfaction? Oh. And I remember seeing that one too. So it wasn't like she came, like Sly Stallone came out of nowhere. Yeah, right. People were like, who is this? She at least, it was like, oh, the girl from Mystic Pizza. Right, right. So Mystic Pizza was and had a she, popular movie. Had Steel Magnolias been released at this no. point? Okay, this yeah, it was. Oh man, don't, Juliet will start crying right now. <laughs> You can't even say the word Steve Magnolia. Don't even mention it. Oh my God. <laughs> she might lose it. Um, it's interesting. The next movie she made, I think, it was either Dying Young or Still Magnolia's, or maybe both. It was in some order. Dying Young, they marketed this is Julia's next movie. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Um, terrible. I saw it in the theater. I was like, I, Julie's in a movie. I'm going. Yeah, she gets it's into really the, bad. The zone of must see, like everything right. she does. Flatliners you also see. bad. Saw that in the theater. So she, she had she had a lot of capital with people after this movie that she used up by Mary Riley. It was over. It was like, <laughs> all right, she's obviously can't pick movies. Where do you stand on her as Tinkerbell and Hook? It's a, it's a tragedy. <laughs> it wasn't for you. Tragedy. Yeah. Super skinny. I didn't like the haircut. Also, um, it's so funny. Someone who really is like larger than life a great celebrity to relegate her to being like a tiny character that's like flying around is so funny well that's so funny because now when we talk about how we don't have movie stars anymore yeah one of our references are Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts like Julia Roberts was the movie star of the 90s even though and it was pretty much on the strength of Pretty Woman because as you pointed out she does Pretty Woman and then just a bunch of not good movies we talked about we did the My Best Friend's Wedding Mm -hmm. uh Rewatchables, which was also a classic. Um, but we did a deep dive on Julia's career and just how famous she was. Yes. And it starts with Pretty Woman, but you're talking about it's also the premier magazine era. Mm-hmm. It's People Magazine is still breaking stuff. And she has, she was dating Liam Neeson and ends up in the love triangle with mm-hmm. Kiefer Sutherland and Jason Patrick. And it seemed like her off screen life overpowered her on-screen life there for a while. Yeah, she We was, didn't know any of this when Pretty Woman came out. No. It was just like, who is this person? I love her. That's one of the reasons why she's so, the performance is so powerful because you can project a lot onto her in that role because she doesn't come with the baggage of left Jason Patrick, fled to Ireland, made some bad career choices. She's just like a, a true revelation of an actress. That's mm. true. And she also isn't like, she is Julia Roberts kind of fully formed, which is what make the makes the performance so great. But when you watch even Notting Hill, certainly, but even My Best Friend's Wedding, you're bringing all the other Julia Roberts performances. Yeah. You're bringing your understanding of her as an actress. And on this, it's just sheer presence. It's kind of like the first. It's not the first time you're seeing her, but basically it is. She's playing a hooker. Yes. Might mm-hmm. as well start there. Sure. Yeah. Um, her, she says her background a little bit. It's. She fell into it, had some bad things happen. Where, where did she say she was from? She's from a, a small town in Georgia. Which right, is small town much in Georgia. Like where she is from. Is from yeah, where she somehow learned how to drive a Lotus. We'll, we'll just yeah. leave that on the side. <laughs> she had never driven a Lotus, she said. She, she learned how to drive cars like it. Yes. And then she wanted to in get to In a small town in Lotus. Georgia. They worked on cars. They would buy them cheap and fix them up. But and, she has to be. <laughs> makes sense. Checked makes out. Sense. <laughs> she has to be trashy. Yes. She has to be classy. Mm-hmm. She has to be kind of slapsticky. She has to be super sexy. Yes. Um, and then she has to actually be super wounded and hurt and where you actually feel in real pain. Yeah. yeah. That it's not working out for this yes. prostitute from six days ago yeah. who's now in love. And she's got to be able to go toe-to-toe with Richard Gere. You can't yeah. feel that she is ultimately diminished or overpowered by him. Sure. Even though the script might suggest otherwise. I think, yeah, 
I've got some picking, some nits to pick. Yeah, we, we, we have so much to cover. We all do. So this movie, um, $14 million budget made $463 million. That's incredible. It's Unreal. What is that now? Like 10 kajillion dollars? Like yeah, that's like mm-hmm. a billion. That's amazing. 62 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's low. Yeah. The Un- criti- unacceptable. Are, are we going to talk about the critical reception later? Because it was- no, let's do it now. Roger yeah. Ebert, though. Shout yeah. out to Raj. Three and a half stars. <laughs> yeah. Way yeah. to go, Raj. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. It was interesting. I was rereading some of the- the contemporaneous reviews because I was like, how was this received at the time? And Janet Maslin in the New York Times is like, this is really great, even though there are some problems in this script. But apparently... Problems? What were the problems? Well, she was just kind she of like... She practiced safe sex? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. She safe didn't kiss on the mouth right away. I really want to talk about the rule of no kissing on the okay. mouth. Well, no, it's coming <laughs> later. But anyway, there was apparently just a really uh, a high-profile Entertainment Weekly takedown of the... Of the movie that is why that Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wasn't that Owen Gleiberman? Yeah, and then he apologized years later. It focuses on her appearance, which is something of a habit with him. And on her appearance, yeah. And what do you mean? Like she wasn't attractive enough to be a hooker? Like I I don't even know what what is the what is the nitpick? I I have no idea. It's you can read it anyway. But he's people like that that led to the shifting of her nose over the last thirty years. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. Oh no. I, I, have a, I have a lot. There's a lot anyway, to parse there as well. I, so Rotten Tomatoes, which since Sean is not here, I will say it doesn't mean anything. Uh, I know. I just do it because it annoys Sean. Yeah, yeah, but I think that explains the score is that there was just like some really, okay. there was a low score. Julie got nominated for Best Actress. Totally deserved. Absolutely. Just, like, just fantastic. Kathy Bates won for Misery. Okay. Okay. I think I might be okay with that. Yeah. Kathy Bates is a really good actress. She's she's really amazing in yeah. that movie. Yeah. I wanted to be mad about it, but I can't really be mad about it. Joanne Woodward, Mr. and Mrs. Bridge, Angelica Houston, Grifters, Meryl Streep, Postcards from the Edge. Mm. A rare, wow. loaded Best Actress yeah. category. Really yeah. never happens. Those are five great movies. Yeah, they are. The, the Mr. and Mrs. Bridge, underrated. Um, Richard Gere, not nominated. I don't. I think that's okay. He doesn't have a ton to do. And what I respect about his performance is that he knows that. He steps back and lets her shine. It's, it, was, it is what makes it work. This are, was, we, are we sure it's okay? That can, he didn't get a nomination? Can I give you the Best Actor nomination? Sure. Okay. Well, first of all, that was the uh, Dances with Wolves year. Well, oh, brother. An important year. <laughs> Jeremy Irons wins as Klaus von Bülow in Reversal of Fortune. That's, okay. Okay, that's questionable. Costner Dances with Wolves. Gerard Depardieu, Cyrano de Bergenac, <laughs> Richard Harris in the field. That's actually a good movie. I'm okay with that. And then the last one I'm not okay with, De Niro and Awakenings. That's a bad movie. I like the book. Awakenings but is a bad movie. Sure. The book is good. I'm not, I, you could flip Richard Gere and, uh, and De Niro and I'm okay with that. My only issue with that is I, I feel like he is, as Edward Lewis, kind of playing his an officer and a gentleman character, but like not as good. As a corporate raider? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm just sort of like, he, it feels very similar to me, And but he's like just updated it for a few years, turned it into like a corporate guy and has like way way less tragedy involved. But it, it felt very similar to me. And I was like, we're compared to Julia Roberts or even um, Jason Alexander, who were like really giving their all to being either the most winning hooker of all time or one of the most putrid lawyers of all time. Yeah. I just felt like he was kind of in the middle. You can't get, you 
he doesn't get in the way, and I respect that. Like okay. they're going, like Julia Roberts is really going big, and it's her movie, and I need it to be her movie. And so I like that he I'm plays this right man. You know, that's it's, sure someone has to do it. Sure. I will tell you, Richard Gere, special place in the Simmons house. My okay. mom's favorite actor. Really? Would leave all of us in a second for Richard Gere. Okay. Met him in a charity auction oh, once, boy. and. Told him that. Yeah. And he was horrified. So there you go, Richard Gere. <laughs> What's her favorite Richard Gere movie? Breathless. Oh my God. Yeah, it's horrible. My okay. mom, my mom is like that, that's a whole therapy session. <laughs> so Richard Gere, in one of the epic slumps of all time, heading into this movie. Mm-hmm. From nineteen eighty three to eighty nine, Officer and a Gentleman was eighty two. That that completed the successful arc that started for him with American Gigolo. Uh-huh. Where American Gigolo through Officer and Gentleman, it's going great. From that point on, sorry, mom, but Breathless was a, was a bust. Beyond the Limit, Cotton Club, King David, Power, No Mercy, Miles from Home. So he goes 0 for 7. <laughs> and as we'll get into with casting what ifs, was like the 38th choice for this movie. Um, William Goldman, who actually, he was writing essays for New York Magazine at this point, and they're all in a book. And he's writing about movies that year in 1990 and about, this pretty woman in movies coming out. Richard Gere's attached, so who knows? But people are claiming it's good. And then he does this whole piece afterwards about this is a classic, nobody knows anything. Richard Gere, everybody's given up on him. He's a punchline. And now he's a star again from this movie. And that sets off the decade of Richard Gere. When is American Gigolo in that run? Early, uh, late 70s. That's late 70s, Okay. That's a weird movie. Paul Schrader. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's how the original movie was completely different. You know, you know the whole backstory of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, sh- tell the people. It's you a know? dark. It's a darker movie called Three Thousand, which was the amount of money uh, they agreed to for her week of service. It was intended to be a dark drama about prostitution in the late 1980s. Vivian was addicted to cocaine. Oh my god! Part of the deal was she had to stay off it for a week. One example of a changed plot line was when Edward broke into the bathroom to find her flossing her teeth instead of doing drugs as he feared. In the original script, she was doing drugs. That would have been weird. She needed the movie to go to Disneyland. Edward eventually throws her out in his car and drives off. And the movie was scripted then with Vivian and her prostitute friend on the bus to Disneyland. Jesus. Um, one deleted scene has Vivian offering Edward, I could just pop you good and be on my way. Mm. Another deleted scene, which is actually funny. It's on YouTube. She's confronted. They go to the blue banana to save Kit. Sure. Or Kat. Kit. And Kit. And, uh, and drug dealers confront them and Richard Gere has to like fight the drug dealers. And- so how much of that did they film? They filmed some of this stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end of the movie, they had another ending where Vivian and Edward find uh, Kit on drugs. And she's overdosed and dead. I'm so glad they didn't make that movie. What they really you, harsh you, my mellow. You know so, what's... producer Craig, you had issues with the current version of this movie, but yeah. problematic film. That would that would have. Uh... Can I can I give a hot take? Yeah. I honestly think that version that you just described gets made more quickly than the version than yeah. Pretty Woman does today. I agree with you. Like, in 2019, I, in yeah. In 2019, the one that's about the re- realities of drugs and it's the sex terrible work. ending and sex work and all of that stuff gets made sooner. It was, it's whoever 2019's Misha Barton is as as the star. It's funny you say that because as you were describing this, King. this movie, I was thinking this is very like 
1999 Kirsten Dunst, that movie. She mm. she could have played the yeah. prostitute. It was very like, what was that movie she was in with Michael Pena, I think? It, it, I can't remember. But in her in her period right after Bring It On, she would have done a movie like that where she was riding high. I was like looking for like an art film. 3,000. Yeah. Pretty good, Woman, better title. Good rate. Great in cash, title. I just want to say $3,000 in cash for a week. That's a great, great rate. Well, so she was getting, what did she say? She was getting like 100 a night? An hour. hour. 100 an hour, but she lied. There's no way she was getting 100 an hour. That's, no, because right before she goes and gets into the Lotus, Kit is like, don't take less than 100. Yeah. So that is. That seems like a lot of money for 1989. Well, he's. Also, how weird is that that that's like three minutes from our Mm -hmm. office? Three minutes, three blocks. It's It's really really close. close. We'll go there later. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll shoot a little Instagram (laughs) video. It's the Carol Lombard star. Is that right? The Bob Hope star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. From Bob Hope to whatever the other star, the star territory. And the Las Palmas Hotel is also close there. I think it's Mm -hmm. on the corner of Las Palmas and Hollywood. And then they just like live, live right around the corner. You so. want to reenact the end of Pretty Women okay. at the last? We'll get the penthouse suite. <laughs> Has to be the top floor. It's well, the best. We have to get through some of these categories because okay. we have All like, right. there's go. so much stuff in here. So we got to do the nominees for most rewatchable scene presented by Slink TV. If you need to refresh your memory of the nominated scenes for Pretty Women, we'll should get to in a second or prep for next week's rewatchable. I know one of your favorites, Fast Five. I actually love Fast Five. They drag the safe. It's amazing. Fast Five is actually the best movie of all time. I joke that this was the best movie of all time, but actually it is Fast Five. It's Fast Five or Godfather 2. They attach the safe to a car and they drive it through Rio. Don't spoil it. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Look no further than Sling TV. Sling has both of these movies in their deep library of new and classic movies, current shows, and of course, live sports, watching your TV, phone, tablet, whatever. They've broken the TV bundle. And customize your channel lineup from what do you like customizing your channel lineup? I love it. Do you? Oh, absolutely. What's better than I have like nothing a, favorites and different little groups? Yeah. Customization um, is the way of life in the digital. Watch era. what you want, when you want, where you want. You know, I know Sling TV is the future. Nephew Kyle uses it. Oh wow. Yeah. Then it must be. If he's using it, you know something special is going on. They've also created a special ribbon for us on the Sling TV app with a bunch of the movies we discussed on the rewatchables, the corresponding episodes of this podcast. It's really cool. I got to say, it's it's neat to see. College basketball in full swing, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, opening day. All that is coming or is around the corner. Don't miss out. There's no better way to watch TV. Sling.com slash rewatchables. Sign up there. Special offer, 14 days free if you enter promo code RINGER. Offer available to new customers only. Availability may vary by location. Other restrictions apply. And now the nominees for most rewatchable scene. This is I only have four, but Whoa. you guys, you guys can I cut it down. I can't wait to find out I what have your more four for, nominees are. I have an uh, what age the best is stacked, but I picked four for most rewatchable. Okay, I guess the ending should be in there too. All right, so five. Okay, I'm gonna well, add the ending. We know one now. Um, I I just want to reject that one. I don't think the ending is the most well, rewatchable scene. Uh, Some people might like it. Okay. Edward picks up Vivian for the first time on Hollywood Boulevard. Hey, Sugar, you looking for a date? No, I want to find Beverly Hills. Can you give me directions? Sure. For five bucks. Ridiculous. Price just went up to ten. You can't charge me for directions. I can do anything I want to, baby. I ain't lost. I mean, it's essential to the movie. The negotiation. I like watching her drive. Sure. The interactions. It's completely ludicrous in every level. (laughs) 
that he needs directions and just decides to bring a hooker in his Lotus that's not even his? Should we, should we talk LA uh, geography as well? Just sort of the, the yeah. logistics of him no, going. Say, oh, okay. okay, all right, that's, all right. That's, that's a picking knit staple, okay. that okay. one. <laughs> so one thing Juliet and I were talking about this with this scene is that Pretty Woman is actually like a real classic cable movie. Yes. And so as a result, we've always started the movie like at some point after it started. So I haven't seen that scene as much because I usually first 20 come minutes, in a bit later. Yeah. yeah. The, especially the first scene where they're at like a, a party. cocktail yes. party and like I had forgotten yeah. that even happened. I mean, I had forgotten about it too. And I was like, oh, I know that house. I've seen it all over the internet. Oh, wow. There a you sta- go. A staple of LA film. <laughs> so that's one. Um, Edward sees Vivian in the first cocktail dress. Mm-hmm. The black one. Yeah. Do you want to do it? Do you want to be... You want to be Vivian? Sure. I'll be, I'll be Richard Gere. Sure. You do your line. Do you know where your line is? No, I don't. I know what it is. All right, I'll do it with Amanda. Amanda. Do you're it. out. Amanda. It's, it's yeah. you're late. You're stunning. It's amazing. <laughs> That's all I needed on this Friday. Thank no. you, Bill. Yeah. No, you, you oh, had wait. a backup line. Oh, do it again. Do it again. Okay, sorry, sorry. You're late. You're stunning. You're forgiven. Nice. Great. Great exchange. <laughs> really yeah, wonderful. You know, I feel the glow. Um, that was great. I got to say, great double take by him. Yes. He's, he's That's good. some of his best acting. Better than De Niro yeah. in Awakenings. So I'll tell you that much. Does the does like one he's of those. He's very good at appreciating her throughout the movie, which is a skill that I really noticed with from Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. That's mm. our requisite Star mm. is Born reference for this rewatchables. But just of that look of appreciating and admiring. They and say Jeremy he, Renner and Gaga yeah. have that now where okay. he just, he looks at her. And, <laughs> um, third one, the shopping scene. We're going to be spending an obscene amount of money. You know what we're going to need here? We're going to need a few more people helping us out. I'll tell you why. We're going to be spending an obscene amount of money in here. So we're going to need a lot more help sucking up to us because that's what we really like. You understand that? Sir, if I may say so, you're in the right store and the right city. Fourth one, the opera scene, my wife's favorite scene. The opera scene is popular because of the Pirates of Penzance line, I think. I think that joke has really lasted a long time where she says, I nearly peed my pants, and he said... I, she, she loved the Pirates of Penzance, yeah. Did you enjoy the opera, dear? Oh, it was so good, I almost peed my pants. What? She said she liked it better than Pirates of Penzance. Oh. That's also a great screwball moment for her when she's like, my glasses are broken. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And uh, then I'm thrown in the ending, but I think the shopping scene is yeah, the most yeah, rewatchable scene probably of any... Would you put it in the in the pantheon of rom com most rewatchable oh, scene? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Is there a When Harry Met Sally of uh, that similar to that, that or a it? scene that's more rewatchable? Um, Can I give you one? Yeah, when they sorry with the fringe on top. No, the, when the, she does the the cat's deli, the uh, orgasm. That I'll have what she's having. That's like kind of awkward though. Yeah, but that's pretty iconic. I like. And then you're singing for Sorry to Fridge at Top in front of Ira. <laughs> it's really, really good. That scene's Man, pretty great. I loved Sharper Image in the, in the early it's 90s great. as great. well because really of that. That scene's great. Yeah. Um, I, the shopping scenes, Larry Miller, the comedian yeah. who used to be on Letterman all the time as the guy who helps. And then he's like, how are we doing? I need more sucking up. And he's like, not only are you handsome, man. You also seem very powerful. He's like, no, not me, her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it just every every beat on that is great. Yeah. It's really, really good. Also, I think the shopping scenes, at least for me, this will really tell you my age in case you didn't know it, is in Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. There's like a, a very dramatic scene where they're crying about when she won't be allowed to shop and then she gets to go back. And they like amplified that that trope for me in a way that I've never forgotten. And so the whole, the whole shopping app uh, part of it is just so huge. I mean, the shopping part 
includes the confrontation with the two women in the boutique, right? Yeah. You, you can extend it. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, that's like the, yeah. that's the scene, you know? And like, Walking well, down Bar- sure, Rodeo Drive. I'm sure we'll talk about that quote is the number one quote, but their faces as she just is kind of gesturing around in that hat. Great How, stuff. And she looks gorgeous when she's wearing his white work shirt mm-hmm. over her, her prostitute dress as they're walking down the yeah. street. That's like probably my favorite, like one of, one of my three favorite looks that she has in the whole movie. Oh, don't, that's that's a new special category <laughs> oh, just for yes. this just for this Fire podcast quest. only. Uh, I watched this movie last night with my wife, and she had a controversial take, which On I'll share with you later. Best outfit, or? best outfit is coming okay. up later. Fantastic! Um, did this movie create the shopping montage? I'm that's sure it must have existed, question. right? Yeah, I'm imagining like the first thing I thought of was. Can't Buy Me Love, the mm-hmm. 80s movie with Patrick Dempsey that centers around that I, sweet I, outfit. I, how do you even have, feel like you have to describe <laughs> what it's about to me? I meant for other people. My is God. It, this is like a, that actually might be the best. That's the best oh movie of all time. <laughs> oh my, my bad. God. It's not Fast Five. It's not Pretty Woman. It's Can't Buy Me Love. But see, do you that, love Patrick Dempsey? Yeah. And also- I guess that's a rom-com. Yeah. Sort of. It's, it's like, an 80s but it's a teen, teen rom com. Like the 80s had a lot of teen. Yeah, like movie say anything. And but all this the is different. Movie's amazing. Yeah. But also, I assume we'll talk more about the Pygmalion My Fair Lady connection to this movie. Like My Fair Lady has makeover yeah. scenes that kind of involve that. And so were you always in on a shopping makeover scene? Oh, definitely. Is there any scenario where you're not at least going to enjoy the three minutes? No, it's fantastic. It's also like in some ways the most aspirational because you see someone going through this transformation. You're like, oh, that could be me. And I usually, <laughs> yeah. usually I connect with a movie when I'm like, oh, I could go from a prostitute to a, a wonderful woman on Beverly, <laughs> Beverly Hills. So oh, it really, really resonated. Uh, I, m- it needs to be a good makeover and good okay. shopping. Like the quality of the clothes and the makeup matter. But, you know. It makes me think of Clueless, honestly. I feel like this yeah. is a precursor to when they gave Ty the makeover. Oh, it's and so good. I think that's probably intentional. Another great Beverly Hills makeover. Yeah. Well, I mean, every movie that came after mm-hmm. was yeah, referential paying, in some a, way. paying homage totally. in some way. I'm going to make a case for the opera scene. I don't think it's most rewatchable. Okay. But um, I like the backstory of La Traviata. Mm-hmm. Which is about a prostitute who falls in love with a wealthy man. Like yeah. they don't, they don't overtly say that, but um, she's unbelievable in that scene. She yeah, she's she great. she basically runs the gamut of emotions over the course of eighty seconds in a way that uh, by the end of that, you're just like, I love this person. I just mm-hmm. wanted to work out for them. You feel that way anyway. But after that scene, and she, um, and she does it without talking. It's yeah. just it's honestly her face. On screen. Which is the hardest thing to do yeah, as sure. an actor. If you you have no dialogue at all and you're still pulling it off. So. Can I workshop a theory related to that? Great mm-hmm. outfit too. I, yes, great outfit, which is kind of guess what I wanted to say. One of the reasons I feel like you were, she was able to become a superstar so immediately is because her many of her best moments is when she's wearing, she's all made up. She looks super glam. Yeah. She's wearing the dresses and you're like, yes, I can immediately picture you at the Golden Globes. Yeah, I can immediately yes. picture you as like being yeah. a smokes model for... Gucci and Louis Vuitton like she literally looked the part of a super of like a you know supermodel or superstar and that really helped I think visual other people visualize like where her career goes next very smart great point thank you what's age the best I have a lot this might be the longest what's age the best I've ever had the, and that's that, really surprising for a pretty woman let me just yeah, say I just yeah. kept writing stuff down that's, okay let's go let's start here the Beverly Wilshire Hotel so I was telling Juliet just, 
Just gives me the warm and fuzzies totally. just from this movie. Do you know there's a Pretty Woman package that you can get at the actual Beverly Wilson? Do I know? Okay, have you done it? No. Okay, I was going to be like- Should I do it? No. Maybe. That would be no? great. I think we should do it and then film it because it comes with a personal shopper. Would I you do, do want to stay you? in the penthouse. Would you buy it for yourself? No. Is it would that, be funny if you bought it. It would be funny if you bought it for yourself. I thought, isn't that something you, you buy for your- Object of your affection? I think I that it was like a that's gift. why it becomes problematic, yeah. though. It'd be fi- that's why it'd be really funny if you did it for yourself. Yeah. Hmm. Like, I'm going to treat myself. So when I moved here, one of the things I was excited about was just kind of seeing the Beverly Wilshire Hotel. Because <laughs> it was like, sure. to me, it's like, I didn't yeah. even know any other hotels in LA. This is the only one I knew. It's it, This movie makes it feel like it's the most important hotel in LA. And it's... I got to say, it holds up to the movie. Beautiful it's a, hotel. Mm-hmm. As the years have passed, I think a couple other hotels have probably passed it here since I've lived here, but it still has yeah. you know, the OG mm-hmm. feel. Crucially, many NBA teams stay there when they come to LA. Pretty much. Yes. All of them stay there. The yeah. Ritz and Marina Del Rey. Yes. Yeah. So conveniently located. There you go. Close to Craig's mm-hmm. and other things. Another what's aged the best. The scene when uh, she's looking at the necklace case and he slams it down mm-hmm. on her finger and she does the Julie Roberts laugh, which was improvised. Yeah. He pulled it on her. He, she had no idea that was going to happen. And then um, all of that was genuine. Good chemistry. They left it in. The soundtrack. Soundtrack is great. King of Wishful Thinking was one of my favorite songs when I was in 10th grade. So I decided- Still slaps. Is King of say. Wishful Thinking the best song of all time? <laughs> it, it might be. <laughs> It's what so a great good. way to start a movie. Really I, I know. Yeah. I'm just like it's so it is. It's like she's wishfully yeah. thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm bopping as we sit here and talk about it. So it's got that. It's got Real Wild Child, Fame 90, Life in Detail, Wild Woman Do, Pretty Woman, Must Have Been Love, but it's must over now. Yeah. Must yeah. Have Been Love, but it's over now. Great song. No Explanation, Show Me Your sh- Soul, and uh, Fallen. This was a big soundtrack at the time during an era when soundtracks weren't really a thing yet. But I remember I felt like everyone, I was in college when this movie came out. I felt like everyone in college um, that I was friends with on the female side had this soundtrack. I think because of my age, I learned every single one of these songs, maybe except for Pretty Woman, from this movie. Right. And they are all, these songs are tied to Pretty Woman. I hear them and I think of the specific scene. They're really embedded for me. Yeah, it's the last vestiges of the MTV era where... Movies were kind of also music videos. This movie, this I mean, this movie has a ton of dialogue in it, but it does have a music video kind of movement to it a couple of times. Some of the some of the like uh, montages and like setup shots that they're, they're playing music also remind me of Beverly Hills 90210, where like you could just pick this scene up and drop it into like a season two episode of that show. Very similar. So that was another one I had. This decade of Beverly Hills as a pop culture character. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because you have Beverly Hills Cop, which literally the entire premise is Detroit Cop goes to Beverly Hills and, whoa, look at this. Whoa, this is crazy. The underrated Beverly Hills Cop 2, Beverly Hills 90210. Don't and forget this tr- movie. And don't forget True Beverly Hills. And Clueless. This was is- that 90? Wasn't that I, after? Was that I, 80s? That's like in the same era. Oh, True Beverly yeah. Hills then. Let's yeah. add that. And then Down and Out in Beverly Hills with yeah. McNulty. But Beverly Hills became like this character for totally. eight years. Yes. Um, and it's funny because in real life, when you go to Beverly Hills, it's really like that. Yeah, yeah. It's say, completely it absurd. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, there's a yellow Lamborghini and there's a lady wearing a $200,000 dress just mm-hmm. walking down the street. Yeah. Yeah. It's super weird. I hate it there. The only thing that hasn't, that I thought was not realistic though, is Beverly Hills has fewer people on the street on a regular basis. Maybe on a Saturday, you'll get that level of pedestrian traffic, yeah. but definitely not on like a Wednesday. True. The escargot. Mm. Oh my God, I love it. It's, it's a great just, scene. 
now if anyone, if you're at dinner and yes. anyone gets the escargot, you just have to make the pretty woman joke. I know, it's, but can I say I do that a fair amount and the reference is not as widely known as no, I would like? You're with the wrong people. I How agree. Are you, are you with people ordering escargot? It's like a surprising amount. Oh I'm like God. doing it. I've got questions on that. I really love escargot. Okay. Biggest so. escargot fan. My son, Ben Simmons. Really? Double orders it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Loves okay. it. It's yeah. just butter and garlic. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing that aged the best, polo. Yes. Sure. It's a great polo scene of this. It's like, whoa, polo. Want to get invited to a polo thing? Yeah. You get dressed up. Yeah. You get to you get to like replace the divots. There's sports going on. Craig, did this make you want to go to a polo match? Not really. Okay, Craig. You're Craig's out. just Where, like Debbie Downer yeah, Seriously, hard. he's like negative on this is movie. The, is this polo match in Beverly Hills or is it like closer to Pasadena? Where is it? I mean, I'm happy to give you that okay, information right. now or later. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. I'm jumping ahead. Keep going with the what age. I got an Orange okay. County vibe from the polo match. Okay. Uh, what right. We're okay. about to find out. <laughs> Oops. Um, Edwards, because it's the best philosophy. Yeah. Loved it. I'm down with it. Why do you stay up here? Because it's the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, yes. I think he played a rich guy really well. And, it's great. And yeah. the rules of being rich have not changed that much since 1990. So yeah, I want to say he's a pretty tasteful rich guy. Oh, certainly. You yes. know, that's that's like if you're going to be a really rich corporate raider with uh, emotional issues. Sure. I think that you want to have his level of taste. Can I ask Amanda a brief aside? Yeah. How does Richard Gere in this movie compare to Harrison Ford and Working Girl for you? Oh, wow. Woo! Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to sit this one out. I just, um, I'm just going to go okay. on my phone. You, very, guys, you guys hash this out. Very similar. Um, yeah. Similar no, type no, no, of no, no, I know the answer. I know the answer. Like, it was tough. So, the answer is Harrison Ford for me because I like a bit more charisma. Sure. You know, like, I, there is something stoic and powerful about Richard Gere in Pretty Woman, but... It's appealing, but like at the end of the day, you don't want to work that hard. Harrison you know? Ford definitely way more fun. No, exactly, no question and about that's it. kind of the, I understand the appeal, and I understand why Richard Gere has been successful mm-hmm. in his work life, and I and it works in this movie. But for me, it's Harrison Ford. Okay. What about you? I agree, it's Harrison Ford okay, just because he seems like he's more yeah. fun. But I, if I had to, if I was marrying solely for money and for future riches, I'd, sure. I'd go with Richard Gere. I know, but, but Harrison Ford gives her the lunchbox at the end. Yeah, Harrison Ford is great. That movie. Can I just, so Harrison Ford and Working Girl is my number one Harrison Ford of all time. Wow. Yeah, which it's he's really important to me. So you've picked like a very strong example. Sure. So I funny because you know last week on the rewatchables, Mallory said Harrison Ford and Witness was the most attractive <laughs> man in the history of movies. So now we've had two different <laughs> Harrison Ford just winning every week on the rewatchables. Yeah. I think wow. that was a crucially in both those characters. He's he's like a savior guy. He's like rescuing. Yeah. A woman, so there's Congrats a lot him. of that. Harrison Ford still winning. Um, I've never treated you like a prostitute. Leaves you just did. Really it's good a great line. exchange. Really good, good line. Line. That fights is here. That's a very hard fight. Very they have upsetting. some good fights. Yeah, they do. Chuck Klosterman was on this pod a few weeks ago, and we realized that he really likes fighting in movies for mm-hmm. some reason. And now when I see people fight, I think of how much like Chuck verbal, would enjoy it. Verbal, verbal, fights. yeah, verbal, yeah. like just when couples are just kind of turning on each other for yeah. a minute in a scene. And that they've they have a couple of good ones in this they where do. it's like, oh, don't say that. Oh, he's that mean. cut too deep. He's yeah. really he's mean. mean. He has a couple mean. cutthroat mean lines. Yes, and they do. The movie does engage with some of the uncomfortable issues of aspects of the setup more than it of, gets credit for. Of, of, of paying your girlfriend who yeah. used to be a hooker? I mean, right, exactly. <laughs> yes. I don't think and, you were the used whole to say former hooker. Five five days ago was a hooker. Ah. 
Hooker and limbo. And like the savior complex <laughs> and like money can save everything and you know, all that stuff. It engages with it slightly and yeah. and it uses the fights to do that. So I, I agree with you. Cat, Kit. Kit. Kit in the hotel. Um, seeing the old couple. Well, first she calls the security the sphincter police, which yes. I really enjoyed. And then uh she says for fifty and for seventy-five the wife can watch. Fifty bucks, grandpa, for seventy-five the wife can watch. Great part. I love the old guy. Oh yeah. And I, I think I've used this in sports columns because I love this uh line when when Richard Gere decides that he's gonna build mm-hmm. boats with him over ruining the company. He goes I find this hard to say this without sounding condescending, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. It's good. Really I'm good. Gonna t- I'm going to tell Fantasy this in about two hours. I was going to say, no it's, context. Su- it's super male. I feel like that's the kind of thing that like only yeah. men say to each other. Yeah, it's a male on male. Yeah, it's so good. men are like, yeah, that's good. It's, it's nice that you're expressing your feelings. Yeah, it's you good. know, it's like, it's kind of like the pretty woman version of the yeah. people in the drive of the Bradley Cooper, Sam Elliott driveway. Sure. Second Star is Born reference of the podcast. That's good. We got three more in us. Okay. Um, if I said that to you, I feel like you would be upset after. I would just be like, thanks. Okay. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? I'll, yeah, I'll just keep going. That's weird. Okay, yeah, Bill. It's it's not enough. It must be difficult to let go of something so beautiful. <laughs> you know holding what? That, holding the necklace. <laughs> yeah. Can I take a peek? Open it up. The parallels of how he just let Julie Roberts go. Yeah. It's just hitting you over the head with it. It still works. I'm just a huge Hector Elizondo fan. He's, I mean, he's, he's incredible. He's going to get some love later on. He's very good. I hope that includes some references to Chicago Hope, but well. Oh, yeah. We'll get there. Can I just say, as far as the mechanism by which the guy, the person in the rom-com realizes that they're wrong and has to go chase after the person, it's like a pretty... It's pretty, it's not subtle, but it works. It's efficient. It's a seven year run of men realizing they screwed up and either jogging slash sprinting yeah. to where the woman is or in a car going there. But I mean, you could, you could do like an 11 minute super clip on YouTube. Yes. 11 of, minutes. Oh, you know, cross of just everybody. Billy I mean, Crystal, he runs for like seven miles at yeah, the end of Winter Bet Sally. He goes from like the east side to Soho. When you realize you want to spend the rest of your I know, life, you, so you, you want to spend the rest of your life. I forgot. Yeah. I, forgot. Um, <laughs> I just want to say, unpopular opinion, I feel the ending of this movie is rushed, but we can just, we can just I, later. I like the efficiency. Keep it moving, you know? I have one last what stage the best. Okay. I hope you're sitting down, Juliet. Oh, boy. Oh, you are. This movie paved the way for The Bachelor. Oh, okay. Crazy dates. Okay. Crazy over-the-top dates. Private playing, going to the opera. Couples rushing into things. The pretty woman date is a staple of The Bachelor. The fantasy suite. Yeah. The limo at the end (laughs) when she gets driven off at the end and she's sadly. He's holding flowers. They're playing the uh, must have been love, but it's over now. And it's like the camera's just on her with the same thing. I think Mike Fleiss and The Bachelor ripped off Pretty Woman with I, their entire show. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And a staple has now become that The Bachelor takes one woman on like a one-on-one date where they go shopping. He just like buys her all this stuff. Shopping montage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Happened this year in, I believe, uh, Vietnam with, with Kaylin. It's yeah. a staple of the show. So that's a what's age the best for me. Now when we watch The Bachelor, we're like, ah, Pretty Woman. Pretty they ripped Woman, it off. yeah. Uh, what's age the best for you, Amanda? Oh my God, there are so many options. I gave you can, yeah, 40 you choices. Give me some of the choices Soundtrack, again. Beverly yeah. Wilshire, necklace scene, uh, because it's the oh, best, okay. escargot, it, polo. 
prostitute that you just did, sphincter police, condescending proud of you. Difficult to let go something so beautiful okay. in The Bachelor. All right. So honorable mention to Escargot just because it is really yeah. useful. And also PSA, order Escargot in your life. But I'm going with the, the necklace scene and the Julia Roberts reaction. Because I go with that as well. In that, that's in a moment like Julia Roberts, Star is Born. That's the money shot of this yeah. movie. I'm going with Beverly Hills. It's a, it's a oh, good. Oh, I forgot yeah. to put Beverly Hills in there. Yeah. I think Beverly Hills is just, it's the, it's like, contention for the best LA movie mm-hmm. and certainly I think maybe the best Beverly Hills movie Yeah, and it just sets a tone of of what like 90s opulence looks like and when I now living here when I like drive around and see stuff I'm like oh that's so 90s and it's because of Beverly Hills what's age the worst evil George Costanza yeah. <laughs> it's just evil just evil yeah. it's like Hitler and the lawyer in this movie the, the most evil characters we've had hard to believe he got more work after this movie so honestly because he's so, so evil just, yeah. so horrible in it but what's weird is Seinfeld was on the same year and I was like one of the first people watching the Seinfeld Chronicles and it was like hey that's the guy from Pretty Woman <laughs> evil <laughs> lawyer <laughs> what's going on who and honestly, I, I think you have to pick George Costanza. But if I'm like, who would you rather get trapped in an elevator with, the lawyer or George Costanza? Oh, it's yeah. a t- it's tough. It's tough. Bo- both would be horrible. Most evil person ever in a rom com. Hmm. hmm. Maybe. He, Trying so, to think of anybody who was more reprehensible is, is not that often in rom coms because right. it's a real downer. But the thing is, the he'd already. I feel like clinched the title before the. Attempted sexual assault. The the polo scene. Yes, he's, when he starts doing this yeah, to her arm, that was gross. like he's disgusting. That was yeah. it. That was so creepy. He probably is because rom coms don't really get this messy in terms of the subjects that they discuss that often. I mean, it, like except for Sandra Bullock falling in love with someone in a coma, or I guess, and then that's there's never been movie. kissed where it's like some teacher student stuff that's tough. But I think I, think I this also is have the most objectively like straightforward evil. Yeah. Him hitting Vivian, I have as a second What's Age the Worst because I just don't think the movie needs it. No. Um, I think Richard Gere could come in as they're in an argument and he's like, you're a fucking hooker. You should, you got to get out. Like that would have accomplished the same. The ultimate goal of that scene is Richard Gere needs to turn on the lawyer and maybe even punch him. Right. You don't need to have like a sexual assault in the hotel room. I don't know why they did that. I don't know either. It's really tonally dissonant with the rest of the movie. And also- at no point in the movie, just it's one of the reasons the movie is good is because she's not physically threatened. Like their relationship is business. And so to like introduce an element of violence is very strange. Right. I mean, it is probably a holdover from the original script. Because hmm. when you think about it, it just started in a much darker place. Just get rid of that. Yeah. 3 a.m. no condom piano sex, <laughs> I wrote down here for what's age the worst. Is, well, this, is it now time to talk about the kissing you, rule okay, versus the no we, condom do, piano sex? Do we know that there's no condom? It's just not shown. She comes out in a bathrobe. What did she come down with? Six well, six condoms in the yes, bathrooms and pockets. So she's like, I'm gonna go downstairs she's to the lobby. I might as well bring she's my condoms. Prop. She's a she, professional. Who knows? I'm gonna bring my condoms. You never know. No way. There's no condoms. Okay. Well, you don't know that for sure, but you're probably right. And then let, let's just deconstruct this scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's she's watching TV, falls asleep. It's like 2:50 in the morning. She's at the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, which, by the way, I dare anyone to go there at 2.50 and see if one person is still downstairs in the lobby. There will be one person, and you'll, and you'll, have, an some qu- you'll have some questions about the relationship that you're, you're seeing in front of you. Great point. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's like, where is he? Oh, have you seen Mr. Lewis? She goes down in her bathrobe. He's over there in the conference room. Right. Goes in there. 
he's playing like world-class piano for like two <laughs> busboys yeah. who are just watching, who are like, should we go home now? Should we catch the three o'clock bus? Now let's hear this weird rich guy play piano for another half hour. Yeah. And then he finishes the song. They're like, oh, great job, Mr. Lewis. It's like 2.55 in the morning. Yeah, it's great. What's going yeah. on in this hotel? Hotels are all night affairs, man. People, That's why you stay there for the service, for someone to clap for you at 3 a.m. <laughs> you want a busboy. And then he's like, uh, guys, can you leave? That is that is my they're problem. Like, all right, we're out. And I'm- now they're just going to hook up in this conference room in the lobby? I just want to know, you know, and I guess he's a rich guy, so he thinks he owns everything, but some there are like five people in this ballroom, and some right. of them are cleaning up, and a couple are just like sitting down off hours. And the audacity of Richard Kerr to be like, may I please have the room now, guys, in order to have sex with my girlfriend on top of this piano? And everyone's just like, sure, that seems like the right thing to do. Yeah, like, good. bye. We'll see you later. Floor is yours, <laughs> Good sir? luck. Yeah, I don't know. That It's weird. That seems very strange. Uh, go through your problems with the ending because we'll add that to what's age the worst. Uh, you feel just, it's rushed? I think it's rushed. I think that everyone changes their mind really quickly. Mm. And I think that... Well, but Hector Elizondo, <laughs> it must be hard to let go of something so beautiful. That changed his mind right there. Wouldn't you be happy that Hector Elizondo is your uncle? Like, don't you think he's just probably the perfect uncle? Mm-hmm. Just has the advice when you need it. Just there to help you make the right decision. He was... He's... He's... A, I mean, he parlayed this into like three other versions of this character, yeah, right? Yeah, Princess Bride times two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, many, and there's going to be a third, so he'll probably be in that. There's, just, I, I just thought that you go from the weird sexual assault to her saying this is not enough to her going to talk to Kit and then him showing up like way too quickly, particularly in comparison to the beginning, which I just like kind of really paid attention to for the first time in a while, where the build up to them meeting takes like a full 30 minutes, basically. Right. And then they just like wrap it up in 15. And I just thought it was too fast. Okay. What's age the worst for you, Amanda? Well, are we evil George Costanza or the actual sexual assault scene? (laughs) I mean, that's not great. Are we going to talk at all just about the basic lessons of the movie? And how they're embedded into a generation of women. This is this is um because that's Craig's complaint is that and, the basic and, lessons of the movie com- are not wholesome enough. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I had Woke this for Craig over here. I had this for nitpicks. I didn't realize Craig was going to yeah. wake us wake us all up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing me out of my slumber, Craig. Craig mentioned that in Mean Girls, you learn that hanging out with the cool, popular kids might not make you happy, but in this movie, you don't learn that having access to money might not make you happy. Yeah. Craig, what Craig said was there is no growth, which is a. Uh, I, I there's think a lot there of growth. Some, She's got much like, better clothes. Right. She's not a hooker anymore. <laughs> Her hair is long now yeah. from the public. Yeah. She's not wearing a wig. But, no, I was going to say something slightly different. Not doing different, drugs. Which is like, I find I'm so moved. You and I both love this movie yeah. against all reason and against yeah. all, you know, I know what I'm supposed to be as a grown woman in the world and what I'm supposed to value and look for in a relationship and this movie gets me every time I find it so romantic and you should be offended by all of it I don't know if I should be offended but I should be I, there's no should there's no should in movie See, in this I feel how I feel wants, and it wants pretty as woman. I'm watching it I'm just like wow they're so great this is so romantic I too would love to go into a I store and this. just be like big mistake that I'm like mm, maybe this is not the best goal for me as a woman in the world. Well, Do you know what I mean? I think the issue. She starts out as a hooker on Hollywood Boulevard. Hey, this <laughs> I is a huge win. Hooker so far. This is a <laughs> yeah. huge win for her. I, here's the thing. I think to mo- modern 
professional, progressive women, the conceit of, wow, what an amazing story. This guy rescuing the hooker on Hollywood Boulevard is is shallow and problematic. However, this what this yeah. movie has st- started this kind of like escapist fantasy that has completely took over my brain at a very young age and perhaps still has about like being being able to like change a guy because your personality is so winning in addition to being so hot oh right yeah that's a tough lesson yeah and and that is like kind of like for me the overarching message of the movie which is maybe problematic but I don't care like that's in so many great movies it's fun to watch and she really sells it so whatever that's a tough it is also and they lead into this she says at the end I want the fairy tale and it's like it's a fairy tale it's just like one of the all of the princess things that I don't know it's dark Cinderella yeah but like and I do think now people are sort of examining, like, do you teach kids all the the princess stuff at an early age and what lessons? I don't Can't, know. Should a guy be saving no, no, you? Say, Can so, you change a guy? Like, those those two things are really unrealistic. Yeah, and, but who cares to me? No, it's just that this is more a 2019 thing. Yes, it's it is. It's just overthinking every well, single thing that exists. I do. It's true, but it doesn't, like— I, you Not what you guys are doing. Yeah. I'm saying like the should we have princesses? It's like that's well, un- I know, but all I'm saying in terms of what is, what is age the worst? Like you cannot understand how deeply that this movie is imprinted in Juliet and my, our minds. Like I totally from, can because yes, because you know it's the same for my wife. But for from such a young age, yeah. and so I think about it, and I'm like, hmm, what did I learn? You left out one crucial part of this movie, so I'm going to give you from the male side. Yeah, I always took this as a movie like. You never know who you're going to fall in love with. Even it could be the most ridiculous situation of all time, which in this That's case, beautiful. we have a billionaire <laughs> picking up a hooker, but okay. they connect instantly. And it's like the heart wants what the heart wants. That's what that was what I took from the movie. Yeah, I. I think that's really beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Very sweet. Thanks. I think that all of these lessons that have like just really seeped into our minds are unrealistic. And that's like why rom-coms like people like pick like pignets in them but that's also why they're so much fun to watch yeah. and like ultimate escape I think my I, hot take I think my best friend's wedding is a much more offensive movie than Pretty Woman she's cause that's like a, a, a yeah. maniac kind of manipulative she's manipulative hurtful. hurtful person who yeah. does whatever it takes to try to steal this guy that she decided 10 minutes earlier that she liked it's true. That person's a way worse character. Than- I think by the end of the decade and also the beginning of the aughts, there's a lot more movies that pit women against each other as like a, like a mutation of the rom-com. And those are probably on the surface, like not quite as um, anti-woke, but maybe maybe more like detrimental to like conceptions of women in film. Not to get too deep. But- you know what the worst one ever though for rom-coms? Bride, War- Bride Wars? The, what was the one where Jennifer Aniston... Paul Rudd's gay Picture and perfect. she tries to no when she tries to flip Paul Rudd oh they have a kid oh yeah oh. pieces of me or something object like that? of my affection object of my affection yeah that's, yeah. A, that's a tough one they don't one. even show that movie anymore yeah. that's a tough one Jennifer Aniston she's made a couple bad ones because really Picture Perfect's really bad too I, I for, recently from, rewatched even that even though I like it yeah. I recently rewatched it and it's like really bad it kind of reminded me of um, the Amy Schumer movie. What's that called? With Bill Hader? Trainwreck. Trainwreck, but offensive and like not and just tough. There are a lot of tough ones. I and I just because the setups are offensive, like that you shouldn't like lie about being in love with someone in a coma. That's just a you know 
I know you love stop. while you were sleeping. Can you stop? I'm sorry. That's a great movie. Juliet, whatever. Okay. Shots fired. <laughs> I'm really upset about this. There, but I just, Chicago set movie. Oh my god. Public transportation. Juliet, Peter Juliet. Gallagher and Bill Pullman. She lies. She lies to the entire family of a man in a coma. Fabricates a relationship, including like some you know special parts of his genitalia that only she would know. And then at the end of after you know lying to the whole family. Dumps him for his brother. They need not model behavior. They needed a galvanizing force, okay. and it was her. They okay. needed someone with a, okay. a lot of charm to get through the coma, and they did. There are many problems with many rom coms, and I just think we were talking about this as the kind of the start of a whole rom com era. And so I think of it's the model on which all of these other rom coms are based, and so yeah. there are some well, lessons they, baked into it that I just try to. The lead characters just got crazier and crazier there for like a seven year stretch, but now it seems like it's calmed down. Or they just don't really make them as much anymore. Now Netflix is making right. the modern version of them. And the characters, I don't think, are as crazy. At least yeah. I haven't seen it. Maybe it's coming. Um, I think we all agree what's age the worst is the, uh, sexual, the sexual assault. <laughs> yeah. like, I have no idea why that's in this movie. Oh, my God. Casting what ifs. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Woo, we have for a taking lot of, a deep breath. Look at this. This is, this is an all-time record. Um, Burt Reynolds. Offered the role of Edward Lewis and declined. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, just unbelievably gross. Um, set on Piers Morgan in 2012, after he saw the film, the lovemaking scenes with Julia Roberts, he made a mistake in not taking the part. That's, That's didn't, disgusting. Didn't go over great. That's disgusting. Didn't go over great I on the internet that day for Burt. Burt Reynolds say well, lovemaking. Yeah, he's dead. So that one happened. Okay, Jesus Christ. This Al Pacino is... turned down the role of Edward after a screen test with Julia Roberts. That movie does not work. No. You know who people don't want to see, like, hooking up with Julie Roberts? Al Pacino. That's true. Um, I don't, anyway. John Travolta also auditioned, but they picked Richard Gere. John Travolta was ice cold at the time. Ironically, Travolta turned down American Gigolo in 1979. Mm. Richard Gere got the part, became a star. I don't know if this is true. This is why it's half-assed internet research, but I'm going to read it anyway. Gear and Roberts had obvious chemistry upon their first meeting. However, Gear was not planning on taking the role. He was on the phone ready to turn on the part when Roberts slid him a post-it note with the words, quote, please say yes, unquote, on it. He accepted the role right then. That sounds too cute. I don't know if that's true. What do you think? I, I'm just going to believe it. I mean, what's the point of liking this movie if you don't also just embrace mm -hmm. that fact? Okay. Everything I know about Julia Roberts IRL suggests she would not do that. Yeah. Yeah, it seems far-fetched. Richard Gere plays a corporate raider three years earlier, turned down the role of Gordon Gecko in Wall Street. Mm. Oh, interesting. Ouch. I would have liked Michael Douglas in this movie. Mm, oh, that's that's a good yeah. one. Who's yeah, better in this movie, it. Michael Douglas or Richard Gere? I have another one to throw at you as well. Who? Okay. Robert Redford. No, oh, my God. He's but he's too, too old at that point. He does this role in Indecent Proposal, basically. No. Does I don't... it five years later. He's also, honest, also a good movie. Yeah, he's I like that movie. Too <laughs> handsome for it. Good gambling scene in Indecent Proposal. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really like understand Demi Moore as a child until I saw Indecent Proposal. Yeah. Two more people turned down the role of Edward Lewis that we know of definitely. Albert Brooks. No. I don't understand that at all. And, a and a Jewish Stallone. take on this would have been really different. Mm. A Jewish that could a, be a remake. A, a Jewish uh, Edward Lewis. <laughs> Edward Levin. Uh, Sly Stallone also turned it mm. down. Been okay, very different movie, but I kind of like. I'm curious what that would have looked like. Demi Moore turned down the kit role. Oh, that I think that's the right choice for her at that point in her career. She would have been very. 
It would have been too similar to the St. Elmo's fire yeah. role. Uma Thurman and Brooke Shields auditioned for Vivian. Mm. Winona mm. Ryder auditioned, but was too young. Deemed too young. Gary Marshall wanted Karen Allen or Meg Ryan, and they declined. That's Meg Ryan is this movie's she's, she's direct too, to video. Yeah. She's just, that just doesn't work. She's too on old, the same too. sex appeal. Yeah, she, yeah, I think the... I think Vivian needs to be early 20s. That's the I best also, age. I think Julie Roberts' height is really important in this movie, too. Mm-hmm. The way that she towers over yeah. Jason Alexander and just has that physical presence. Molly Ringwald turned it down. Wait for it. She has since stated that she regrets it. I would hope so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's not stupid. Diane Lane. Oh. Very close to playing wow. Vivian. I would have uh, enjoyed that. Had to pull out at the final moment due to scheduling conflicts. The script was much darker than they basically make it. It becomes unfaithful, I yeah. guess, yeah. pieces of it. God, um, Michelle Pfeiffer turned it down. And then this is half-assed. Valerie Galino, Kristen Davis, Jennifer Connelly, Daryl Hannah, Kristen Sarah Davis. Jessica Parker, and yeah. Sandra Parker allegedly turned it down. Who knows? I don't believe many of those. I don't yeah. believe. That's why it's half-assed. Okay. Um, so there you go. The Deanne Waiters Award. Best heat check in the movie. I have as nominees Laura San Giacomo as Kit. Sure. Mm-hmm. Hector Elizondo. Mm-hmm. And the bug-eyed elevator guy. Those are my three. Oh, yeah. So I think Hector Elizondo is more than just a Dion Waiters heat check performance in this movie. So I, I think it's not him because he's just like too big, too big for the award. He's really only in like four scenes. But a, but a punchy packs. It, yeah, well, it's it's a, not what we think of as a traditional sure. heat check performance because it's not loud. Yeah. I but actually think the answer is Laura Sanchez. I do too. She's in there like yeah. five scenes. Yeah. Always like their sex lies and videotape right around the same time. She had a good career, but I always liked her more than what her career ended up being. I actually felt like it could have gone a level higher. I was into Just Shoot Me. Yeah. I liked yeah. that show that she was on. Yeah. She's good. She's cute. Hector Elizondo, he deserves some sort of award. I don't know what it is. Should we introduce a new Hector character Elizondo award? award? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Award. Uh, <laughs> oh, amazing. I have an award for him. New award. This is exciting. I This might be the only time we do this. The Vivian Award for Best Outfit. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Here are the nominees. This is and so exciting. These are, I thought it'd be funnier if I wrote them down how, with How my description them? of them, because okay, yeah. I think you'll enjoy that. Okay. Uh, here are the nominees. First cocktail dress, black with neck thingy. <laughs> It's a great dress. Yeah. yeah. Post shopping spree white button dress with black hat. Yes, yeah. that's an amazing one. It's very These barbell. She walks down on Re- Rodeo You've Drive. got a future in fashion credits. Continue. Brown polka dot dress at polo match. Yeah, mm-hmm. an iconic look. Yeah. Red opera dress. Yeah. Blood orange short suit with cat. Yes. Those <laughs> are our five nominees. Yeah. What do we have? My pick is the polka dot dress. I absolutely love it. Love the belt. Just think she looks amazing. Wondering why she's not wearing a bra, but whatever. Uh, did you notice that? I did. It's yeah. sort of weird. So as as the digital, as the prints of this movie get better on the streaming, I, it's it's, it's kind of see-through. Yeah. It's also just like a lot of I don't of remember move, that from movement. The, I don't understand why. Of, why she did that, but it was it was a move. <laughs> it might might be why um, someone was like so suspicious of her because who would do that? But anyway, she, I love that look so much. I think she looks amazing. Runner up for me is the black cocktail dress. I just think she looks stunning in that. Yeah. I that's was, the first cocktail dress. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I like the polka dot dress is the objective answer. I feel like that's the iconic one that I think of. It's the breakfast at Tiffany's look for her, like her own yeah, version of that. It is. I 
I think when we were discussing this award, I said that I was going to do the coral short suit because I just want that to be my 2019 look. But when rewatching for me, it's the cocktail dress. It's the first black the cocktail black dress. That her it her is hair is amazing in that too. Unbelievable yeah. how beautiful she looks. Yeah. And looks great. Yeah. I vote for the brown polka dot dress because um, my wife said it's her single favorite thing anyone's ever worn in a movie. I agree with this her. Is a quote from my wife. I really time. agree with her. Also, the belt is amazing. It also is timeless. She could have would have worn it in any decade. Also, you know who took a gander at it was uh, David, David Morris. David Morris. He liked it. Yeah. Then my wife threw out the, I've always liked that guy. He was hot. Go Google him now. And we Googled him. And he's like this old English actor now. Mm. And he, and you'll feel really old if you even Google him. Okay. okay. Yeah. So there you go. Um, all right. So I think by a two to one vote, brown polka dot dress wins. That's the right answer. Okay. No, I said that that's the objective answer. It's a unanimous vote, but I just wanted to share some feelings. I mean, just a stunning amount of half-assed internet research. Oh, great. Right. Is this the time for geography? No, yeah. that's an, I no, thought no, that it's was coming. Okay. Neither Ferrari nor Porsche wanted their car to be used in the movie. That's how they ended up with the Lotus. Big mistake. Bad move by the Ferrari. Huge mistake, yeah. yeah. Dumbasses. The movie made $468 million. No. Don't you want to become the sign of riches? Like, Come on. Idiotic. The homeless man that Edward asked for directions? Mm-hmm. Gary Marshall, the director. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Okay. Richard Gere is actually playing the piano really? and composed the piece of music that is played. Don't believe that part. I don't believe it. It's half I did wonder what it was because it was not like he was playing Beethoven. Like Chauvin, or, yeah. yeah. You guys probably both know this, but in the dinner scene when Vivian flings the snail along the, across the room and the waiter says it happens all the time, same actor, Gary Marshall, the director in The Princess Diaries, same line. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with that movie. Okay. The necklace that she wore to the opera really did cost $250,000. Can I just say I thought that was low? Interesting. Well, 1990. I mean, I know, but... That's like $5 million now. Really? $4 million? $3 30 years? Wow. I'm never good with this stuff. Okay. Uh, A security man from the jewelry store equipped with a gun was standing behind the director during the entire scene with the necklace. Incredible. This is weird. During the sex scene, Julie Roberts got so nervous, a visible vein popped out of her forehead. Which sex scene? The one when they finally like kiss oh. on the mouth and go at it. Okay. Gary Marshall and Richard Gere massaged her forehead until the vein disappeared. She broke out in hives and was given calamine lotion until they were finally able to shoot the scene. I don't, I'm just passing this along. I don't, I don't even know, if that's know what true. that is. Also, in Massaging that situation, Massaging the vein? I just don't think calamine help. lotion is going to help at that juncture with that level of, uh, with hives. Just it's passing It's not working along. that quickly. Just my take. The Las Palmas Hotel was where Vivian's apartment was. It's still there today. Okay. Yeah. Field trip. See it anytime. The polo match was shot at the LA Equestrian Center in oh. Burbank. Oh. Burbank. See, I told I thought it was headed towards Pasadena. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 75 lush acres. Oh. The bathtub in the scene where Vivian was singing had a lot of detergent in it to make a lot of thick bubbles. And it was so strong, it rinsed the red diet of Julie Roberts' hair. They wow. had to re-diet that night. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Um, they also, when she had her eyes closed with the headphones on, um, the whole crew left and she opened her eyes and there was nobody in there and they played a practical joke on her because oh, she cool. was so but, beloved yeah. by the set back then. Um, the last one I don't think is true. And I actually watched the movie to see if it, it said Gary Marshall was tickling Julie Roberts feet out of camera range to get her laugh during I love Lucy. Oh yeah. Then when you see it, there's, you see her whole body. I don't think that's true. Okay. Don't sneak your half-assed internet research by me. It doesn't work. Apex Mountain. <sighs> I say yes for Richard Gere. 
Um, Interesting. Because he had Internal Affairs same year. That was a big movie. And it just felt like he had a nice run after this. Yeah. What what comes after this? Not a lot of good stuff for him. I guess it is his apex. I mean, also like just- He his, basically starts moving into the Michael Douglas role of- Yeah. yeah. What he's the older handsome white guy who gets into predicaments. Yeah. I guess it's his apex. I, I'll accept that. Yeah. Dr. Elizondo? Yeah, absolutely. Although I just want to say, Chicago Hope is a great show and he was very good on it. Julie Roberts, we already decided this one. We said it was my best friend's wedding era, right? After. I think it's probably not her apex since this launched her career. Yeah. But she's excellent in it and just stunning. David Morris, yes. (laughs) Whoever played that guy. Uh, Other than that, not a lot of apex. The Joey Pants Award, this is what we'll give to Hector Elizondo. Okay. Can you uh, remind me what it is again? It's the Joe Panto Leone Award. For I know. That guy. Like, okay. That guy. <laughs> Where you, All right. I think we know him as Hector Elizondo, but I think a lot of people know him as that guy from Pretty yeah. Woman, who Agreed. played the hotel manager. Mm-hmm. He's great in this. She wins him over a little too fast. It goes from why know. is this hooker in my hotel to hey can I can I get you on the phone with my uh, she's that charming it that works for me you got to keep the movie going also I I think this is similar to the Bachelor when you're around so many like weirdos and rich people who are like robotic when you meet a normal person that you can just ha- like talk to regularly it's like really charming so he's probably used to like so many jerks that come into his hotel that when he meets this woman who's just like silly and different he's like excited I have a take that neither of you are gonna like all right oh, great. I think he kind of wanted to hook up with her. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. I think he, I think he was putting in the time in case he needed to circle back later. Yeah, watch him again. Couple long looks from Hector. A little inappropriate. Uncle Hector wouldn't wasn't, do that. Wasn't uncle just, Barney wouldn't do that. Wasn't just a benevolent uncle. Was, I don't know. Come on, man. He's laying I, the groundwork. When he makes that change, the worst for me. I don't no, need that in the in you. the movie. I Thank love the you. scene when he makes the phone call and she's listening. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, the other Joey Pants nominee, Ralph Bellamy, who mm. most famously for my generation was one of the two guys in Trading Places, the old guys that Eddie Murphy and those guys steal from. He was 87 in this movie. Really? It was his final movie. He, he dies good. right after the movie. Well, he, he, Ralph Bellamy died for yeah. this and it was worth it. He did a great job. Ralph, I don't mean to sound condescending. No. Okay. I'm not going to do it. The yeah. guy died. Um, Saul Rubinek, they knew for overacting award. Mm. Costanza in the uh, yeah. in the hotel suite during the uh, ill fated sexual yeah. assault scene really dials it up to levels that uh, he's just we're just, just heinous. He's just dis- disgusting. He's yeah. horrible. Right? Yeah, he's bad. I would. That's my vote as well. I don't think there's any other nominee. All right, let's pick some nits. Okay, where do we begin? So Kit blew their rent money rent money on uh, on drugs at the beginning of the movie, and now she's fine, but she's not a drug addict. It's very Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Samples, samples of drugs. It's very similar to the cast of Vanderpump Rules, who obviously do a lot of drugs but aren't addicts. So yeah. I, I buy it. There's, I think that's a way of life in the the fast lane okay. of Hollywood. We covered a hooker who knows how to drive a Lotus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to drive a Lotus. I wouldn't know how to work. She knows how to drive. It's, it's not a Lotus that she knows how to drive. She knows how to drive that type of like that build of car. I don't know. It's don't, not the I'm most not impossible it. thing in this movie. Is I'm what not I'm buying. saying. Okay. Why did Richard Gere tell his lawyer that Vivian was a hooker? My wife and I argued about this last night. She well, he, said he had to tell her because then that leads to the scene where now the lawyer knows. I mean, plot-wise, yeah, that it is a plot device. I just yeah. think as a character for such a smart guy, that's just like a bad move. He knows his lawyer is a scumbag. Also, he says later on, like, I wasn't prepared to answer questions. Well, 
dude, I thought you were smart. Prepare that. Also, yeah, you're like this billionaire this who makes decisions all the time. That he's taken out. Come I doubt on. it. I doubt this is his uh, first time. Do you, really? He knew where to go. I, I maybe he doesn't always procure them the same way, but I can't imagine this is his. First I prostitute. don't. I, I really. I don't read it that way. I mean, because they set up this series of women who have been in his life yeah. who he tries to treat as like. You know, the girlfriend who's on the other phone is like, I'm not at your back on call sure. all of the time. So I think you're meant to think that he would like to have a more transactional relationship with the women in his life, but perhaps he is not Doesn't actually formalized. He's used to treating them like prostitutes, exactly. but never really been with one. There we go. Okay. I don't know. I he's too like smart. Too smart for that one. Well, I think part of it was that the guy was like, I think that she's a spy. And mm. yeah. I mean, the George Costanza character the Jason Alexander character is like so annoying that probably the only way to convince someone that he convince him she's not a spy is to tell him some other ridiculous thing, you know? So I understand that logic. Also, technically he's his lawyer. So it's supposed to be a confidential uh, arrangement. She doesn't kiss on the mouth. Okay. <sighs> this is a problem for me. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's hear it. I just think that's a weird, a weird boundary. I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes. She said, I'll do anything else. Anything else. She's the opposite. She puts, she puts everything on the table. Every, every single thing except for don't kiss me in the mouth. For her, except it's kissing, not sex. It's weird. It just doesn't make sense. She said everything else. Every, yeah. And, and I think based on some of her behavior, that's believable. If, if I'm going to have the don't kiss me on the mouth rule. Okay. I'm going to say, but I'll do just about anything else. Okay. I'll do anything else means I'll do anything. You can't throw that on the table. I guess that she just, I mean, yeah, it's absurd. It's like a, it's like a it's weird, absurd. it's a weird rom-com trope that doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to say, in oh, the Amanda whole scene, no, I just, in the whole scene, the whole spectrum of arrangements that are made in this movie by the sex worker and the corporate raider, no kissing on the mouth isn't the nitpick that I would have chosen. Is that your top nitpick? I just, the whole arrangement seems so preposterous. I think the fact that there's no kissing is just makes it even more preposterous. It sets it up for late in the movie when they finally kiss on the mouth yeah. and say, right. oh, now well, they're kissing on the mouth. that's good movie making. Yeah, yeah that was good. Okay. It's just, I'm just saying fundamentally ludicrous. All right. What other nitpick did you have? Oh, let's talk about location. Yeah. yeah so the movie begins with him in probably Bel Air, maybe the Hollywood Hills, we're being generous, the west side of them. He comes to Hollywood Boulevard to, to meet... Vivian. It's very unclear how he ends up on Hollywood Boulevard from where that party was. I'm pretty sure I know what that house is. It it looks like a ship from the outside and has like this white metal railing around it. I think that's what it is. But I think they said they were in a Bel Air. Uh, any, in any case, he travels a long distance out of the way to go to find her in Hollywood and then go back yeah. to Beverly Hills. So it would have been better to be in Los Feliz. Yes, you need a Los Feliz right. Hollywood. Now the listeners are pouring yeah. gasoline on themselves who aren't, in, <laughs> aren't from L.A. But he steady matches. He drove east to go back west, like right away. Right. It doesn't it just didn't make sense. So the polo match... Burbank from mm -hmm. Beverly Hills. That's a long limo ride. That's you know like what, an hour. You know what Edward's doing in real life? He's taking a helicopter. A helicopter. In. Yeah. 100%. There's plenty of pads in both Beverly Hills and Burbank. Um, I was w watching some 90210 season five after nice. morning oh, wow. morning Luke Perry's yeah. tragic yeah, loss. Yeah, yeah. The Dylan's in, drinking season. I'm deep, deep in season four right yeah. behind you. The, the, the geographical 
homicides mm-hmm. that are committed constantly in that oh show. Oh my God. I mean, but they're living in Hermosa beach at this hotel. And then it's like, Oh, I left something at the peach pit. And it's like, nobody's ever traffic. It's amazing. Where do you think the peach pit is supposed to be? Like on Wilshire I always thought somewhere? it was like Wilshire, Beverly Hills area. It was filmed in Van Nuys, but I always thought it was like probably like a great, like a Wilshire part it's, of Beverly Hills. That movie takes a lot of liberties. We also never find out where, I mean, that show. Uh, we also never find out what California University is. Um, best quote. I mean, like we can just run through the runner-ups. Go ahead. No, I mean, you do the runner-up. There's, I didn't really have any runner-ups. There's a winner. This, this category just, is so easy. Yeah, big mistake. Big mistake. Hello, do you remember me? No, I'm sorry. I was in here yesterday. You wouldn't wait on me? Oh. You work on commission, right? Uh, yes. Big mistake. Big. Huge. I have to go shopping now. Honorable mention to my wife, who, uh, after the old guy helps out Julia Roberts with the which, which fork is which, she goes, you bring a hooker to dinner and you find out who's a good person. <laughs> Which I thought was good, which is a good high school yearbook quote for the for the kids out there. Definitely, I I, I, I actually think that is weirdly, as usual with my wife, weirdly mm-hmm. wise and true. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who treats her with dignity and respect? Yeah, because she's just a human like the rest Carrie of us. Carrie Simmons does it again. Yeah. I learned, um, like how you're supposed to navigate silverware from that scene. I didn't know. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. People put you down enough, you start to believe it is also really good. Yeah. Could this be remade as a ten episode Netflix show? I was shocked by how fast I said yes. Uh, so can we do the, could this movie be made today? It's almost like a cross between this and girlfriend experiment where it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just, Sasha Gray is now the, uh, it would, it would just be grittier, I think. And oh, it would yeah. have to be. And I feel like the original ending to this movie is more likely to get made today than uh, certainly on Netflix than the, the fairy tale version. I would at least watch the first episode. I'm I'd just telling the, you now. Yeah, I'd watch the first episode, but I vote no. I think this is yeah. a good under two hour experience. But you wouldn't re, you would want to revisit the 30 years later. What is Edward's job in 2019? Probably uh, works on Wall Valley. Street. Oh, or Silicon Valley. No. I'm going to go with finance. You're both wrong. I think finance. Oh, what is it? You're wrong. Own oh, sports team. Oh, I think he's. I think he works for Facebook. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. That's what I said. No, but he works for Facebook, and he's up to bad stuff. I don't agree with he's that. He's like Mark Zuckerberg's right hand guy, like and he's covering I, up shit on the internet. I don't agree. He's like a He's like a co-conspirator of like the Donald Trump types in New York, where he's like just works in finance and makes like horrific decisions that affect tons of people, but doesn't care. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's fine. I would watch it. Probably unanswerable questions. If they, this is, this is one of the best ones I've ever come up with. Actually, I'm going to save it for last. Okay. okay. What LA, we'll go with the starters. What LA hotel would this be filmed at in 2019? They wouldn't allow filming, but it would make the most sense for it to be the Beverly Hills hotel. There's no question. Oh, the pink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the montage would actually pay to be in it. Okay. So that's more realistic. Yeah. Okay. How long did they stay together? I'm so glad you went this direction. Wait, hold on. I just, I think also Sunset Tower would be a great location for this. I was just thinking about it. That's, and especially if you're, yeah. How long did they stay together? I I mean, this is why this is so screwed up because I'm like forever, you know, (laughs) it works, which is like, why, what is that about? Why can't I assess this realistically? I give it um, a quick marriage after nine months and then a divorce after another one year. So I'm going to go with 20 months. Wow. I I think they never, she moves to New York with them. Starts falling around. Um, disgruntled George Costanza spreads the hooker thing. Mm-hmm. That's a hooker. That's how they met. She was a call girl on Hollywood Boulevard. 
Edward gets professionally embarrassed and um and then she dies of an overdose that she may or may not Jesus. have done herself. It's really dark. The sequel's dark. <laughs> She's dead. She's dead in a year. What is the point of enjoying this movie if you guys are suddenly killing her off in the sequel? What the hell? George Costanza really is the most evil character right ever. He's gonna ruin them. Yeah, I think that's He's, true. Okay, so let's no no no. Let's spin this out. You guys are nuts. So I think you got to start with the the business decision that he makes that now they're like going to build big ships together. And that obviously goes wrong, right? Because oh, you think she's like a vice president at the new shipping company? <laughs> no, I just think, I think that that decision affects his professional life. And does he respond by being really angry and becoming like an even worse business person? Or does he get out of the game? Well, now he knows to... Every once in a while, take off your shoes. Right. Step bothered, on the grass. Right. It bothered me he didn't take his shoes off when they were lying on the grass when they when they were reading Shakespeare together. He just was like, can't you relax a little bit more, man? How do we? I forgot to do, put this in nitpicks. How do we feel about that date? Like, okay, can we? I'm going to take the hooker to the park now and, re- read, and just read Shakespeare. Read books no, so she lies on me. The book is Shakespeare quotations. Yeah. it's not even like a full Shakespeare oh play. God. They just got like a book of quotes. Just give them sonnets at least. Yeah, some poetry. Yeah. Okay. So, so much more bad boyfriend. Much more romantic than us. Amanda thinks that they stay together for Forever. years no, to get married. I'm ju- no, I'm just trying to play it out. So, I, do we think? Because I think if he actually quits the business stuff then he's turned over a whole new leaf. Also, as we've learned through the therapy scene, which I actually think about a lot, the I think it's a funny scene. I'm, I'm very angry with my father. Yeah. It cost me $10,000 in therapy to say that. I'm very angry, which is a very funny Richard Gere moment. I was very angry with him. It cost me $10,000 in therapy to say that sentence. I was very angry with him. I do it very well, don't I? I'll say it again. I was very angry with him. Hello, my name is Mr. Lewis. I'm very angry with my father. I would have been angry. So he's susceptible to growth, contrary to what producer Craig said, because he goes to therapy and he learns lessons. Craigie Downer. Yeah. (laughs) No. So I can't believe that I'm here defending this whole movie. So if he continues to evolve, then maybe they last like five years. I don't think so. Okay, that's fine. But maybe. I just think this isn't the real world. It's a fairy tale. If we're engaging this on the (laughs) real world, then literally none of this shit happens. It's real to me. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, this is the best unanswerable question I've ever had in 70 episodes of this Rewatchables podcast. If they remade this movie in 2019, what would Vivian have to be wearing that could horrify any Beverly Hills store worker? Oh, wow. Mm. Because the outfits that she wears in the first 30 minutes of this movie is actually an outfit I could see at a Clipper game tomorrow night. Totally. Especially the boots. Those are like really in right now. Kardashian style. Um, hmm. Yeah. Well. This is why it's unanswerable. Do you know what I think it might be? I think she'd have to be just naked. No, I, I think something that's a little bit of a throwback that's like, with your thong straps like pulled above your low rise jeans like that would be so gross and ugly I could see that becoming a style unfortunately but I think like that kind of thing from like the 90s would be really rough this is also just I think that the wrong version of this outfit still horrifies people okay you know like the store owners can tell the difference between Versace and Gucci and you know the things that an actual person in Vivian's position would wear I have at least one friend of my daughter's who probably sees her first a- first outfit in this movie. It's like, cool. Oh, okay. Where do I get that? Well. Yeah. The brown. I told you. You mean the brown polka dot dress, right? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> She's like, cool, where do I get that? <laughs> um, I don't know what it would be. Maybe a bra in public? No, that's fine. No. I mean, it depends. It's the. Well, if you walked into Wilshire with a bra. What if it was just a bra? And who are you? That's the thing. Now it's just way based more on. Yeah. See, this is why it's unanswerable. Yeah. Who won the movie? I mean, there's Come on. Julia. It's one of the easiest Our ones we've had. Yeah. She's amazing. Beautiful Did we hair. leave it anything else? One thing I never noticed before is how pink the inside of the suite was at, in, in their mm-hmm. um, suite at the Regent Beverly Wilshire. Yeah. On trend. Yes. It, 30 years early. Totally. Yeah. Very pink room. That's on trend now? Millennial yeah. pink. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I think that an unheralded moment also is her singing Prince. It's just amazing. It's really delightful. Um, I wanted to end the podcast with this. I'm not a fan of this movie, but I feel like we have to at least mention it. One word, Runaway Bride was mm. the unofficial Pretty Woman sequel. Do we acknowledge that? Where no. does that fit into the little Pretty Woman sphere? It doesn't. It's just a different, that, like no. the, it's out. It's. I mean, it's not a direct sequel. Yeah. And I don't accept it's not part of the canon. But it's them together. Yeah, sure, but, but I think you talk about Sleepless in Seattle as a standalone and yes. I even like you've got mail. Like they, they just happen to be like a casting reunion, but does it make you mad that they made Runaway Bride? Nah, no. no. Easy, easy to ignore it. So that's it. We just shove it off to the side yeah, and never absolutely. really happened. Just pretend it's also it didn't happen. Somewhat a problematic setup as well. So we just it's it's a no. What was the setup? I don't even remember. It's just like she keeps she, abandoning her weddings, right? Because right, she doesn't know who she is or something, so she has to like eat a bunch of eggs to find out. Or and something. then he's like a reporter trying to find out about yeah. it. Yeah, does kind of flip some of the um, rom com stuff on its head. But is it set in America? Yeah, yeah. It's like upstate New York or something like that. That sounds awful. It's not okay. a good movie. Why did, they, why did she make that? Plus, she was a runaway bride. Money. I think. Yeah, we have established that She'll not all of the project choices were great, hmm. but it's okay. We love her anyway. All right, I think we, we really covered do. everything. Yeah, this was really fun. It's great. Great one. <laughs> She's so happy. It's so nice. Great. I'm so glad you're happy, yeah. Julia. Thanks for having me on um, this podcast. This is great. Juliet, Amanda, pleasure as always. We have Fast Five next week with um, the one, the only, Shea Serrano. That it really is the greatest movie of all time. But uh, until then, producer Craig, you suck. What? <laughs>